From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. What have you been doing since our last Tuesday broadcast? Man, not a whole lot. Just uh, working hard. Uh, had church uh, Wednesday night uh, with our youth group. Derek, before you and I get started or get too far to end the podcast, definitely want to send out a shout-out to a good friend of ours, a lot of people that listen to the podcast. Miss Ashley Bird had a little uh, surgery, simple surgery uh, yesterday. Um, just worked with me at the youth group on Wednesday nights. Just a great lady. Uh, Derek, you and I both have known Ashley now for probably 15 years. Uh, so I thought that we would start the UTW podcast by wishing her well. You know, she had a successful surgery. And uh, Ashley, we love you. And uh, we hope that everything continues to go in the right direction. So we missed you on Wednesday night. I, I joke around on Wednesday nights. I joke around our, that being like her 743rd straight Wednesday helping with the youth group. So uh, she was definitely missed. But uh, Ashley, we love you. Definitely shout out from the UTW podcast. Prayers up to you, Ashley, and uh, Andy, I know that you're keeping the kids. Also, Matt, we did, uh, since our last show, we have interviewed our first alderman, alderwoman, uh, for the uh, alderman race. Uh, we did that uh, yesterday. That will be kind of in the can. We're going to hold that one. We have one more candidate. We're doing the wards, Matt, in order. Uh, so starting next week, that'll be ward one, going through ward six. Uh, then we'll have the alderman at large and then the mayor's race. So those are there are eight Wednesdays between today, which is the final day that you can file to run uh, through April 6th. There are exactly uh, eight Wednesdays. We will have a special episode every week on Wednesdays starting next week with Ward 1. And so we are reaching out to Chris Tong. Mr. Tong, if you're, if you're listening, uh, we've reached out to you a couple of times I hope on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if, if maybe it's the wrong account, but really would like for you to uh, give us a call or um, uh, the number is on your Facebook page. Uh, if not, uh, please reach out to us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com, and we would love to get you in here. Uh, we plan on airing this uh, on Wednesday, uh, and so it's just going to be basically back-to-back interviews with a quick introduction, and it'll be asked very similar questions back-to-back. And so the listeners in Ward 1 can listen next Wednesday. And then again, the Wednesday after that will be Ward 2, Ward 3, and so on. So, again, uh, if anybody, Chris Tong, if you're listening, everybody knows Chris Tong. We really love to have him interviewed so we can put that on for next Wednesday. Absolutely. Pretty simple math. Um, ward 1 all the way through Ward 6, Alderman at large, and then the mayor. Uh, hopefully the mayor's uh, can- the mayor candidates will agree to sit down with us the the Wednesday before election day. So while we talk about not being a political show, it's definitely going to be a topic on our show, and we look forward to interviewing those people. Uh, mainly, Derek, uh, as as we said uh, to Natalie, just um, people seeing a need and stepping out there and putting themselves out there for uh, uh, local government, local leadership is uh, definitely an inspiring thing. So I want to continue to encourage those people, win or lose, thank you for putting yourself out there uh, with your vision or what you feel like is something, uh, you know, trying to be an asset to the city of Hernando. And listeners, obviously, we're starting with one. Uh, we're going in order, as we said. So if you know what ward that you're in, just if, if you, we hope that you listen to every special episode, but if not, you know, make sure you find the one that you're in and listen to the candidates. Get your feel for them. You know, I don't know if you'll have another opportunity. I hope they come to your door, uh, but actually hear all of them at the same time. I don't, I don't know if they'll have any debates like that uh, through the spring. So, again, hope that you tune in and listen and can uh, make your decision, an informed decision, uh, from our podcast. If you're unhappy with your current ward and would like to move into another one, reach out to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, our 2021 presenting sponsor. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. They're the number one team in residential real estate in DeSoto County for over a decade. They possess over 25,000 closings since 2009. That's over 25,000 closings on the buying or selling side of residential real estate. Had an opportunity to visit with Brian just yesterday. He wanted me to express to the UTW podcast listeners that it is a perfect time to list your home. Springtime, weather starts to change. Things start to green up. It is a perfect time to start to learn what you can do to improve your home and get it ready to sell. Brian and Terry with Team Couch of Birch Realty Group are now offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. That's a free, no-obligation market analysis. They'd love to help you list your home. They certainly want to educate you on your home. Whether you use them or not, uh, they can definitely be an asset to you. Find them at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or look them up at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Give them a call today for your free, no-obligation market analysis. 
podcast recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday morning, and also all of our special shows and interviews with aldermen and mayor candidates will take place at the How to Barbecue Right Studios, located right here in Hernando. The How to Barbecue Right Shop has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have sauces, thermometers, rubs, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, and really cool high-end smokers. If you've seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by and check out his store today. Give them a call at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Or they're located just past Connection Gymnastics on the left-hand side. That's 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on the left-hand side. Stop by the How to Barbecue Right shop tomorrow to get everything you need to cook wings, ribs, steaks, whatever you may be cooking for the Super Bowl. And they also have plenty of dip mixes, pickles, and hot sauces too. So again, Super Bowl on Sunday. Stop by tomorrow at the How to Barbecue Right shop for your Super Bowl menu. Who you got this weekend? Chiefs. 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 I, I mean, I like the Chiefs. I'm going to be pull, pulling for Harris. We talked about on Tuesday, a guy from Horn Lake High School, alumni. I, I just think that the Chiefs are too good. I mean, I, I could see the Chiefs rattling off three in a row. It, you know, kind of they're that kind of team, you know, with Mahomes and everything like that. I mean, a lot of people don't like Tom Brady, but I have to kind of admire uh, what he does and what he's been able to do. Uh, so I think it's going to be a really good game. Looking forward to it uh, with all the uh, coronavirus and COVID-19 issues uh, all throughout football season. Just the fact that we're having a Super Bowl, I think there's something to definitely be celebrated and really looking forward to uh, what they say, 7,500 first responders uh, will be in the crowd. Uh, so I think they're allowing 22,000 fans yeah, 20, there. That's right. So uh, just really excited about the Super Bowl and, and, and looking forward to it. I enjoy the Super Bowl anyway. Fun, good spectacle, and you know, always a, hopefully a good halftime show. I'm going to go on the Chiefs also. I just, as a uh, dedicated Saints fan, there's no way I'm going to pick the Bucks. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, they're in our division. Yeah, so, so I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs all the way. Um, and, you know, I like my homes, and I, I have no problem with Brady. I mean, you know, Brady was <clears throat> in the other league for his entire career until sure. this year. So, But, yeah, I'm just hoping for a good game, good halftime show. Yeah, maybe a couple of funny commercials and move on. Yeah, I, I noticed something that, that people are starting to do now is the uh, Super Bowl commercials are being aired or at least talked about. I've seen some interviews oh, this yeah. week. I, I've, I've actually watched, I think, two of them <laughs> online already. <laughs> what happened to it? Yeah. I mean, the, the old days of, of sitting down and watching. I remember when we uh, – uh, the fraternity house at Ole Miss, we would watch the game, and then whenever I – mean, we, we would set up everything, had a big screen TV, and we'd have – Man, we'd have dozens of people there. Uh, no masks. Uh, no masks. No. Uh, <laughs> we'd have dozens of people sitting there or whatever. And we, it was loud during the game. And when the game, when the commercial came on, shh, you know, we got quiet and watched the commercials. That was 20 years ago. And now the commercials aren't even a surprise and you already know what's going on. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I, I like the Chiefs. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Again, halftime show. We'll see how it goes. And I was watching last night uh, a little bit of something about the halftime shows and stuff. My favorite one was probably, I mean, Prince. 2007. Oh, the halftime show? Yeah. yeah. So, print. No, I mean, what is, how good is that? Prince, 2007, everything's purple, and it rains. It rains. Oh, oh my ends God. with purple rain. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was as good a halftime. Now, I, I have watched that probably at least five times on yeah. YouTube yes. since then. I've watched it in the last six months. Yeah. Yeah, I, try, I think I tried to show Hannah Grace or somebody uh, something about that, but that was just, just the perfect, I mean, purple rain in the rain. It was just awesome. He went out and killed it. Definitely uh, a great Prince memory. Speaking of something else that we uh, watched this week, got to watch two Alderman meetings. Did some research and kind of went over that. We had previewed those on Tuesday. Uh, so now we're bringing that to you under the water tower this morning. Uh, first, the Hernando Alderman meeting. Not much went on. Uh, it was a, a relatively short meeting. Uh, the, really, the only thing that we had kind of previewed on Tuesday was the CARES Act, kind of talking about the money. We'll get to that in just a second. I did want to uh, make mention that one of the uh, consent agendas was to authorize to accept a donation from the Community Foundation in the amount of $5,246 for a new infield groomer. So that's, you know, we talked about the $100,000 that's going to be spent to improve the fields. And so this is actually a donation by the Community Foundation. That would be great to help with the, the dirt work and Get everything done there. Infill groomer is it uh, like a special mower for the yeah. gra- a special mower for the grass for the grass for the grass? Okay, yeah, sounds good. Uh, um, so that's yeah, that's that. And then on the cares money, uh, really the only thing there was no surprises. There was one thing added uh, to the agenda. However, it was moved to executive session, so it wasn't even discussed uh, in the public forum. And then on the cares act. There was some general discussion. Uh, more of it had to do with Alderman making sure it was understood that the money would not be used for potential pay raises that may be looked at at the next meeting. Um, there is a some discussion that there an Alderman may bring up uh, anywhere from a one and a half to a two percent pay raise for city employees or maybe city heads. Uh, and so again, that will we'll look at that on the sixteenth meeting. But other than that, not much. 
mentioned, basically kind of pushed it off again. Just mentioned that we were over budget uh, this year, but a lot of had to do with the fact that we received a check for three hundred thirty-five thousand from the CARES Money Act, and so no, you know, no really discussion on where to put it at this time. We thoroughly enjoyed our interview uh, with the director of Community Foundation before the Crystal Ball this year, and so had a really good, nice time uh, visiting with him, and they do such great work. Uh, so good, over five thousand dollar donation for that uh, infield groomer, you know, aka short grass mower. <laughs> oh, man. I'd love some infill grass. I'm joking. I'd I mean, love some infill It's probably going to be like the like a little push thing, maybe. I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, I didn't see a you know, picture or anything included, but I'm what I'm thinking about is the ones that you know, really, you know, yeah. kind of kind of like the golf courts, but not obviously not that short, but just to uh, to keep it down that, that way. And, and and I think it's going to make it look great. I'm really I'm really excited to look at the fields this spring. Uh, I'm glad that they shut everything down. What we talked about before. You know, I don't have any children playing out there but I, i'm gonna make it you know when they open it back up i plan on driving out there just to take a look at them yeah i couldn't agree more i think it's gonna be pretty nice almost well over ninety four thousand dollars spent in improvements so congratulations to all the parents that are wanting to play baseball at the hernando uh, parks and rec department should be getting some nice renovations to the fields that are probably long overdue so turning our attention up north not a whole lot going on in the hernando alderman meeting so we're going to turn our attention up to uh, south haven which again not a whole lot going up there going there uh, as well uh Derek, we discussed uh several po- uh, projects, a big project right next to the hospital in South Haven, uh, had to get approval for that. That was approved. Uh, another project we talked about on Tuesday, uh, the northeast corner of Church and Getwell, that was approved, or they made some changes to that, very small changes. I think you said it added about five feet to something. But well, um, they pushed it back five feet from the road. It was pushed, like, I think okay. it had a 15-foot offset, and they, they uh, increased it to 20. Okay, so a 20-foot offset. I think there's going to be a real nice – the goal is maybe like a real nice convenience store on the corner. number of different things, kind of 13 acres, so there's going to be a lot of different things. The developer talked about possibly a grocery store or something maybe? Yeah, uh, just – I mean, it, it took – Three or four, maybe uh, retail bays along with the gas station, but it looks really nice. Going to have the look, kind of what they did, uh, you know, kind of tie in with Silas Square, that right. kind of town look to it. Um, so I think it's going to be really nice. Yeah, I think I think he's going to try and sell some uh, parcels, maybe to a bank or something, going up Getwell or maybe down Church or whatever like that. So pretty neat project. Again, thirteen acres, the northeast corner there at Getwell and Church done. Anything else? Silas Square. You know, we talked about the commercial lot. The commercial lot was approved. The problem with the commercial lot was. It did not have an ingress or egress, so basically the it was landlocked, yeah. and so they had to uh, have that put into the legal description to allow people to basically, so when they're you know turning it off of one road, they'd be able to use that road to enter that lot. So that was approved. It was just a you know kind of something they were just updating the uh, overall plan. Do we know uh, if that lot will, will that lot go behind Slim Chickens? Will they have an exit and entrance point there? Probably. Uh, it was. It's it's just north of of May Road, so I think it's in the lot before like uh just south of slim chickens so closer oh wow okay so it's not the one okay, okay. You know, so it's not the big field next to slim chickens no it's the one between the community bank building yeah it's yeah slim okay. chickens and and where the bridge is going to be where that may okay. road entrance yeah, is, yeah. interesting it's okay right, i got it's, you it's, it's yeah. in that, it's that's in a that beautiful yeah the community bank building's gonna be beautiful um the construction there's nice and then other than that uh there was a subdivision carriage hills actually is going to have a new addition okay uh which is that's I mean, one of the that's a that's a as far as we know, it a pretty old. Oh, it's very old. I mean, it's yes, yeah, oldest ones of in the South Haven area. Um, sure. Actually, there's a, a acres that were there. They're going to put, I think it was uh, ten lots. Nice. The guy had wanted to call it another, give it another another name. Yeah. And they're like, no, this is an extension of Carriage Hills. Sure. It's basically Carriage Hills. I think uh, G is what they're going to call it. It's just been a while since they, and a, a section's been added. And so the lots will continue, I think, 790 to 800. So there'll be 800 uh, houses or, or lots in now in Carriage Hills once this is complete. Okay. So, I mean, and so they just discussion on how that can be done, making sure he couldn't change the name, making sure there was a fence boundary because there's apartments sure. behind it, make sure there was a fence added, stuff like that. But, I mean, just some planning commission stuff. Other than that, in the mayor's report, uh, there were a couple things he wanted to add that did not make the agenda. Uh, there was some paving uh that had to be reclaimed and repaved uh there was a um someone they had to uh, miti- uh, designate someone in for their ha- uh, hazard mitigation plan someone to lead it and so they picked the county guy who's doing basically the, all the other cities also uh and then they will be he just want to make everybody aware that at the next meeting they'll be putting out to bid fire station number five that's really all the comments he had in the, in the mayor's report speaking of paving moving out of south haven I think I know where we're where we're going to do our first remote from the uh, for the UTW podcast. Where's that? We're going to do it in one of the potholes at the bottom of one of the potholes in front of Zaxby's. <laughs> I, I never go I, down that road. I've heard about it. I've oh heard gosh. I've heard bad bad things. 
you know, they, I know when you go up the hill, I guess going to Bon Chibo, right past Sonic, there used to be just an absolute gully right yeah. there. Uh, How do you go to the gym? You turn right there past Saxby's? Right local? there. You yeah, it, there. it depends on if I catch the light, I go straight. Yeah. If I don't catch the light, then I'll take a right and go through there. But I don't go through Zaxby's. I go up right past Sonic and right. straight up the road. But well, what, yeah. Here's the thing, though. You, you drive a Jeep now. Uh, there's times I challenge you to take your Jeep off road. That's right what there. you want to do. Okay. Go just right just there. Left, if you want to, yes. if okay. you want to check the suspension of that Jeep, you, you know what? I'm going to take the Zaxby's entrance, and you take that bad boy, and you'll you'll get that Jeep tested out real quick. It is something else. That may be something else. We we can we can work on the the UTW podcast and assist with the chain link fence project uh, on Mackinville. But uh, we need to figure out who might own the <laughs> the Zaxby's entrance. Uh, I guess maybe it's shared by the bank and Zaxby's, but who would own it? I mean, it's not the city. It's going to no, be, it's not a city, it's right. a street, it's private. So okay. it's probably, it's going to be the developer, property owners too, yeah. So okay. they kind of have that share thing. You know, you, it's very similar to like if you had uh, closed in your neighborhood with a you know with a sure. gate or stuff like that, right. the neighborhood becomes responsible for the streets. It's the same thing. Hernando Alderman, uh, great job, guys. South Haven Alderman, not a whole lot going on in either city, uh, at least Alderman related. So we'll circle back, look forward to their meetings on the, uh, the third Tuesday of each and every week. We start out under the water tower each week. We grow out to the South Haven Alderman meeting, and then we start talking about the state stuff. What's going on in the state? Uh, Tate Reeves has uh, taken his pen out and, and got another uh, sign for us. What you got? All right, so the mass mandate, I know this is not going to come as a surprise, has been amended and uh, increased again. Uh, the mass mandate now goes until March 3rd. DeSoto County still falls under that, so he's extended another month. You know, same thing we've been doing. Basically, any public places, please wear your mask. Uh, and no gatherings of 10 or more inside, no gatherings of 50 more outside. It's it's the same thing, second verse, as a, the Groundhog Day. But why, Groundhog why a month, though? Why a full month? I, maybe because he wants to quit doing it every two weeks. I, I, don't, I don't. You know, and I think that the federal mandate, of course, came out. We talked about that on Tuesday with all the public transportation. Sure. And so I guess maybe he got a little bit off of that and realized, hey, that's probably not going to come down for a little while, so I'm going to go ahead and throw it out a month. You know, I'm hoping that by March 3rd, it's, I'm not saying gone, but we're at 50%. We're well, at or down, you know, whatever the where we were back basically in that July, August time frame, something like that. Right. So maybe that's what he's hoping that he'll throw it out there a month. If it's overcautious, it's overcautious. But when it comes back March 3rd, he can say, all right, we're basically taking this off. I read an article yesterday that said every state has plummeting numbers except five. Every state. And so – that was awesome. I was excited to read that, uh, and that has and that really has nothing to do with the vaccines. We've only done eight percent of the vaccines. Oh no, yeah, we got a long way, long way to go. Uh, I'm actually good friends with and, and have an opportunity to uh, work with one of the um, National Guardsmen that is doing stuff at the Lander Center. And I was asking him, I said, "Hey, have y'all reached the thousand mark yet?" And he kind of looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I think they're happy to get to six hundred each day. Yeah, that's what that the number guard. I heard was six hundred. That's yeah. right. Shout out to those National Guardsmen. Those people get up every morning and go to work to do that and 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 do the vaccines. You know, if you're interested in the vaccine, if you uh, if you qualify for it, be sure and reach out and and check on that uh, in the state of Mississippi. Uh, get your vaccine because it is it is here. So, uh, Governor Mask Mandate running to March third currently. Derek, local gentleman, friend of the podcast, we can say that when people have come on the show, Mr. Mike McClendon, our senator from uh, the local area here in Hernando, uh, he proposed a bill down in Jackson. Tell us about it. All right, so Senator Mike McClendon, State Senator Mike McClendon, has proposed a bill for the sheriffs to have radar guns. For counties of Mississippi. It's known as Senate Bill 2387. It will allow counties that have a population of 140,000 or more the option to purchase and operate no more than two radar guns per county. The guns could not be used within 500 yards of a city boundary, 500 yards of a county line, or 500 yards where a speed limit were to change. The sheriff could also not run radar on interstates or on state highways. All of the fines, and some people, I think, you know, some of the opposition is, well, you're just going to be setting up speed traps everywhere and, you know, trying to pad your coffers. The, this proposal says that all of the fines received would not go to the sheriff's department. They would go to the educational purposes in that county if this is passed. For DeSoto County, Superintendent Usselton has already been uh, asked about this, and he said that if it were passed, that it would go to the driver's ed program at the schools for DeSoto County. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Again, no more than two per county. The county has to have more than 140,000 people, so it's not the small counties that may have you know 20 or 30,000 in the entire county. These are for the larger counties where speeding is an issue, where a lot of the uh, you know a lot of the population lives just outside the city limits that the, you know they can't run you know they the people are flying up and down the, the roads and there's no you know no repercussions i mean sheriffs do have the ability to basically trail you to, to try to get you that way in this case they would actually have two guns per county so again i mean our county's pretty large isn't it two is it two guns per count per county or i thought it was two guns per shift 
Is that what that means? Well, yeah. I mean, that, there's only two guns at it at all okay, times. Okay, gotcha. Right. So there's only two guns in the entire county at any time. That's not a lot. No, so it's not no. like they're going to be sitting. And again, this there are some buffers. So if you're coming out of the city, the, it happens to decrease. You got 500 yards to start slowing down, and you know, I don't see any issue with it. To be honest, it took me a little while. You know, when you're growing up, and back when I started driving, we got our license at 15, and it took me a while to realize that sheriffs didn't have radars. Oh, yeah. I mean, so you'd see yeah, that. My parents sher- never passed along to me. They didn't tell me. <laughs> yeah. So you're driving along, you may be going, you know, a little, a little bit faster than you should have, and you see the sheriff kind of sitting in the woods. You slamming your brakes, and you're like, wait a minute, he, what, he can't get me. Wait, then, that guy <laughs> had a red light. There's a blue right, blue light, and a red light. Hold up now. So anyway, uh, that's that's I, we're not, not going to share a lot of the bills that have potential but you know things like the alcohol that we've talked about before uh, and then something like this especially if if it's proposed by a senator uh, in from our county that has good potential uh, we will try to share it just to kind of make the listeners knowledgeable and then of course as we get closer to the end of the session around the end of march or april time frame we will mention any of you know the larger laws that will directly affect us Next up, Derek, something, uh, man, if we said the word ward one time, we've said it 100 times since the UTW podcast started. Big things happened in October and November for the city of Hernando with the redistricting slash rewarding, I guess, of uh, our population, our area. Something that came down from our attorney general earlier this week, Lynn Fitch, uh, made a ruling uh, regarding wards. Sum it up for our listeners as best you can. So the new attorney general ruling that a candidate must live in a ward for two years to run for city office from that ward. It comes from a ruling on a 2019 bill that became a law that was proposed by Senator Kevin Blackwell from DeSoto County that required candidates from county and city governments to have lived in the city or county they wish to represent for at least two years prior to the date of that election. This has now been broken down, according to this attorney general's ruling, into wards. We do not know how this will affect you know, the Hernando elections, Matt, if at all. But at the time of this taping, we're not sure. We are waiting to get clarification, and we will give you more information on our Tuesday podcast if we can. For me, wanting someone to live in an area for two years before they run makes sense, okay. right? I mean, okay, yeah. so you've got to be here in the city, not necessarily maybe a ward, but, you know, it makes sense. And I'm sure that uh, all people would follow that if they knew that up front. I mean, okay, you right. cannot run for this unless you've been here for two years. Uh, and if you knew that going in, all right, fine. You can't move to another ward too close before an election, and this prevents people from hopping around or maybe renting a house because, okay, I've got a better chance to beat this guy, or sure. I think I do, or i got a better chance to over here because there's nobody running or something like that. So it prevents all that, and again, I agree with that. Uh, so changing the wards and not being able to run, so you know, if you personally decided to move, and not being able to run makes sense to a degree. You know, but what happens when the wards change on you? Right. Which is what happened in the case of Hernandez. Of course. So what, a month, a month and a half ago, you know, we redistricted not any of the candidates' fault uh, that it happened because this should have been done, as we've discussed many times, years nine ago. years ago. And so that's the question, though, that's happening right now in Hernando, is that with this redistricting that just placed just over a month ago and this new ruling. So we've reached out to several people. They're trying to get a handle on the way they read it. Uh, they're going to make sure that anybody that has qualified is able to run. And then if they're not able to run, to let them know as soon as possible because, you know, you don't want to go down the road having them spend any more money. And then once we get this clarified, we if it's Tuesday, we'll have it on here Tuesday. If not, you know, as soon as we can get it on the air, we will. Yeah, podcast listeners, today is February 5th, the last day to qualify, sign up to run for uh, election in the city of Fernando and other county uh, races, South Haven, Olive Branch, all over probably the state uh this is the last day for people to qualify for the spring election so that's why that's important so we didn't want to go too deep into it it's a pretty big ruling and we'll pay close attention to it and update that as we we hear anything if it affects anything or anyone uh in hernando uh derek speaking of alderman a uh, gentleman who's been a big fan of ours mr sam lauderdale lauderdale insurance agency your local state farm provider is located at 11 west commerce street directly across from the hernando post office Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman, as you said, longtime local resident of Hernando. His team possesses over a century of insurance experience in life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam Lauderdale encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Give them a call at 662-429-5213. That's 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. 
Derek had a chance to stop by uh, Mr. Sam's office the other day uh, for something car rental related and, and visit with the nice ladies there. Uh, just an absolutely polite, kind, uh, nice group of ladies that work with Mr. Sam and, and work hard. So we thank them for believing in the UTW podcast and certainly, again, you know, Lauderdale Insurance, your state farm provider. Speaking of a wonderful staff and people that go out of their way for you, DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with a relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or call them at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239 for the DFDC difference. Podcast also brought to you by Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Their number is 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. It's the perfect time now to reach out to these ladies for spring break and summer trips. Please reach out to Magical Destinations of Hernando for all your summer travel plans. So something we started a, a couple weeks ago was the Friday DeSoto County shout-outs. And so we will turn to several things that were going on in the county and positive news. And this week, we will start with the positive news. DeSoto County has named Ashley Qualls of Greenbook Elementary. She's a kindergarten teacher, the DeSoto County Teacher of the Year for the entire county. And I know each school also uh, gives the, a Teacher of the Year for their school themselves. But she is the overall DeSoto County Teacher of the Year, so could not be uh, happier for Miss Qualls, and just uh, I think she's been here for 11 years in DeSoto County. Uh, she did her student teaching at uh, two schools in Arkansas before she came to DeSoto County, and Matt, she is actually the kindergarten teacher at the elementary school she went to. Wow. So, I mean, just think about Don't that. Don't tell me she's in the same classroom she was. That would be pretty interesting. I, I would have given her the same classroom she was just, in kindergarten. Yeah, when she was in kindergarten. Just done. Just give yeah, it to so, her. Uh, but I think it's a great thing. So, congratulations to Ashley Qualls on being the DeSoto County Teacher of the Year. Yeah, during the coronavirus or during the COVID-19 era, being a Teacher of the Year. That's, uh, you know, definitely shout out to Miss Qualls. Congratulations for her. Uh, if you know Miss Qualls and you listen to our podcast, be sure and share it with her uh, so she'll know she got a shout out from us, please. And we've been kind of talking about the Hernando sports signups mm -hmm. for all the spring sports. Well, now all of the cities have their signups up. And basically, you need to sign up by the third Friday in February. So you have about two more weeks uh, from today to uh, sign up. So please reach out to South Haven, Horn Lake, Olive Branch, Hernando, any of the city parks, uh, recreation. And you can look it up on online. But all of them now are taking their taking the sign-ups for T-ball, softball, baseball, soccer, any of the spring sports. Please reach out to them. Go ahead and look that up. And go ahead and get your child in. Uh, you know, we've got a, a great county. Hernando's redoing their parks. Of course, South Haven, new soccer fields, redoing the baseball fields. Uh, Olive Branch has made improvements. So I think in Lattimore Park and, and Horn Lake is really nice. So I think that uh, just go ahead and do that. And, and, you know, if your child has never played, I really, you know, whether they you know, think that you're going to, you know, have any kind of athletic career or not go ahead and put them in a team sport let them enjoy outside especially during covid as much as we've been locked up and, and told that we need to stay inside and, and stay away from people it, it, once the vaccines start taking place march april it's getting prettier warmer you know, i hope that you know we really encourage you just to find something that your kid will enjoy doing if it's only for six or eight weeks and just let them enjoy it Absolutely. I mean, all the different parks departments, Horn Lake, South Haven, Olive Branch, Hernando certainly uh, do a really good job. And, 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 you know, 
trying to put uh, kids out on the field and have an opportunity to be a part of a team sport. So park signups now, spring sports, get out there. Uh, Derek, something else. Speaking of baseball, uh, one of the legends of DeSoto County will be honored uh, this coming Saturday. Tell us about it. Austin Riley. It's going to be Austin Riley Day tomorrow uh, at DeSoto Central. Now, this is interesting because DeSoto Central has the ACT from 8 to 12 uh, tomorrow morning. My son's actually taking it there. Uh, and then at 12 o'clock, uh, go out to the baseball field. They're going to be re- uh, retiring Austin Riley's jersey uh, at DeSoto Central uh, at noon tomorrow. So if you're interested, if you you know grew up watching him play baseball at DeSoto Central, if you're a Braves fan or anything like that and you want to go out there and see it, it will be tomorrow at 12 noon at DeSoto Central. Again, congratulations to Austin. Uh, everything he's been able to do in his career. And I just look forward to watching him for many more years. Congratulations to Austin. Uh, you know, certainly don't uh, don't know him, but definitely admire him from afar and just a wonderful asset to DeSoto County. Congratulations to him and DeSoto Central for sure. Something else, Derek, February 13th. Next uh, next weekend is Valentine's Day weekend. I know. Uh, big plans for you? Literally, no, no, big <laughs> plans for me. Uh, it's on a Sunday, guys, so you, you, literally, if this is important to your wife, significant or other or both yeah you've got nine days right so pay attention you've got nine days uh this and this is a perfect day so the day before because i know most of you will wait till the day before the day before february 13th saturday 10 to 4 10 a.m to 4 p.m uh come to the hernando square uh and around the square there will be 15 shops that will be offering of course valentine gifts for your loved one and also while you're there you can sample their chocolate um and so everyone will have some type of chocolate edible or maybe drink that is there and go in there and and try out the chocolate dark chocolate light chocolate milk chocolate uh but also main thing is to shop shop locally for your loved one and do not forget that february 14th is next sunday next sunday valentine's day chocolate tour here in hernando uh next saturday the 13th just a good opportunity to support local businesses of course uh but also uh an opportunity to uh um, you know get some chocolate or, or get some uh buy something for for your loved one all right, the last thing we have is the Park Art Contest. Uh, Park Art Contest is uh, sponsored by the City of Hernando. It will be at the, held at the Gale Center on March 25th from 6 to 7 p.m. The art is due Friday, February 26th by 5 p.m. on that day. And The artwork is uh, children's ages 5 through 11 can enter the artwork and can win cash and kits as prizes. So, again, you uh, kids produce some art. It has to be turned in by Friday, February 26th. It's going to be on display on March 25th, so a month later, from 6 to 7 p.m. They come in there, and then the uh, judges will award final prizes to each kids in the age group 5 through 11. So, again, just a great way. City of Hernando is trying to give other things. You know, that we have athletics we've talked about. We've talked about a chocolate tour, getting out there and going around to our different vendors and different uh, shops to really keeping the sales tax money in Hernando. Now, this is a way, I guess, for, on the arts community can get involved, especially with the children, to be able to do that. So, I think just a well-rounded city that we have here and looking forward to seeing everything that we uh, have available well Derek speaking of art speaking of different colors want to welcome our newest advertiser Green King Spray Services since 2001 Green King has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush healthy weed-free outdoor living spaces they refuse to settle for the status quo continuously researching and testing the very latest methods products and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's 662-892-8419. Or visit their website at greenkingspray.com. That's greenkingspray.com. North Point Christian School will offer a preview of the point admissions open house for prospective students ages PK through 12th grade on Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. Don't miss out. Reserve your spot for Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m. and see if you and your family are ready to join the North Point family. Podcast listeners, Derek did do a little bit of that homework we uh, talked about. One of the kids, uh, they actually have kids that drive as far as Oxford. Oxford. 
Oxford, Mississippi, drive up to go to the North Point. Oxford, and then I think uh, the North Millington area would be the two furthest away, I think. Two farthest away for North Point. Thank you, North Point, for continuing to believe in the UTW podcast and being a sponsor. I want to recognize our first sponsor, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. I continue to encourage the UTW podcast listeners to reach out to Richard and his team regarding fencing. That's new fences, fence repair, gates, any type of fencing for your project, any type of fencing for your home or your business, reach out to Richard today regarding your fence. Call him at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Derek, going to turn our attention now uh, to a little pigskin. National Sign Day was this past Wednesday. Had a number of DeSoto County kids that are going on to college, numerous different schools, junior colleges, four-year colleges, et cetera. Uh, just congratulations to them. So go ahead and start us uh, start us off with the DeSoto County kids uh, moving on to the next level in football. Now, this these list that I'm about to read, uh, anybody that we've mentioned before on here separately who either announced early, signed back in December, I'm not going to read them again. These are all the players that we have not mentioned yet on the podcast. So if you do not hear your child's name, it's not because we didn't uh, want to say his name. It's the fact that it was said sometime earlier on. I also want to say, Matt, you know, they push in that December is kind of the larger signing day now that people, kids can see them uh, earlier. I'm going to say that DeSoto County, this was the largest signing sure. day. And it doesn't take anything away. You know, there's no, you know, all these kids should be extremely proud. All these parents should be ex- extremely proud uh, of the time, the work, and the commitment put into this. And, I'm, you know, it's my privilege and honor to be able to read these uh, off today. Uh, so we'll start in Olive Branch. Uh, and this is just basically by the way I found them on Twitter. So uh, there's no significance other than that. Uh, the Olive Branch football signings, uh, they had four. Cameron Ford to Northwest Community College. Trey Phillips is a Mississippi State preferred walk-on. A.J. Johnson going to Colin Community College, not neck of the woods. Landon Howard is going to Holmes Community College. So, again, congratulations to all four from Olive Branch who had signings. Next, we're going to Lake Cormorant. Lake Cormorant has two that we have not mentioned before. Mitch Griffin is going to Mississippi College, and Kevin Ruiz is going to Northwest Community College. Going to Lewisburg. Lewisburg had one that has not – we have not talked about before. Blake Speed. We talked about go. his name. Blake yeah. Speed. Miles College. Uh, it's a historical black college. Uh, so congratulations to Blake Speed going to Miles College. Next one, Center Hill High School football signings. Calvin Dockery Jr. will be going to Itawamba Community College. And Darren Hobbs will also be going to uh, Itawamba Community College. So they'll be teammates there as they have been for the last four years at Center Hill. Next, Hernando High School. Uh, they have two that we have not previously announced. Sean Wade. We'll be going to Colin Community College, another wolf. And Jay Ware will be going to Coahoma Community College. Next is Horn Lake, Matt. Horn Lake had 10 signings on Wednesday. Yeah, just go ahead and flip the page. It's the entire page. <laughs> so they had 10 signings. I mean, again, a Horn great. Lake, those guys believed in go, uh, the, the, the second signing period. They believed in waiting until February. Yeah, so they waited. But, I mean, look, congratulations to every Absolutely. one of these guys. Jamario Harris to Lincoln University. Charles Thomas to Northwest Community College. R.J. Whitehead to Colin Community College. Colin's racking up on the DeSoto County boys. Kylan Isabel to Arkansas Tech. Jalen Lipscomb to Northern Illinois. Cameron Macklin to Ohio Wesleyan. Randy Thomas to Ohio Wesleyan. And Lathadius LaFleur to Ohio Wesleyan. Three guys. Three guys going to, to go Ohio together. Wesleyan. That's pretty cool to go up with everybody. Uh, next, Thurman Rayburn for, to Northwest Community College. And finally, Bryce Harley to Northwest Community College. Again, Congratulations to all you uh, ones from Horn Lake, and, and thank you for sharing that uh, on your Twitter. And then finally, DeSoto Central football signings that have not been previously announced. Spencer Downs is going to Holmes Community College. Richard Coleman going to Iowa Wesleyan. Jason Curry going to the Mississippi Delta Community College. And finally, our favorite receiver, Branson yes, going to Air Force. Oh, wow, man. Air Force. Oh, that's a big deal right there. Playing football at Air Force. At Air Force. Oh, wow, that's an awesome thing. Congratulations to all those guys. I mean, all the different high schools. Kids get an opportunity to go and further their education on someone else's dime. Uh, the last gentleman on, on the, us as taxpayers. So, uh, wish him nothing but the best. We'll be uh, paying attention to him for sure. Just uh, congratulations to all you kids from all the different schools. You got to have a football season. Can't say enough about that. We've said it all season long, Derek. Uh, congratulations to all the young men and young women that are signing scholarships and moving on to college. 
We've talked over the last couple of weeks during the soccer playoffs. It's not something we necessarily covered throughout the season, but we've paid attention to the soccer playoffs. Uh, other DeSoto County teams were all eliminated in the first round, but the Center Hill Mustangs can continue to carry on. They just finished up their third uh, game in the playoffs. Uh, Derek, tell us about that, and then tell us their plans after that. Center Hill beat New Hope. 8-1 to one in the North Half Championship of the 5A Soccer Playoffs on Tuesday night. This is another complete domination by the Mustangs, who have outscored their three playoff teams 20-2. to two. Yes. Uh, they're going to win a lot of games if, if the oh, yeah. uh, scoring yeah. ratio is 20-2. to two. Right. Yeah. They will play Long Beach Saturday night at 6 p.m. at Madison Central for the state championship. The champ- This is a championship rematch, Matt. The Mustangs beat Long Beach 2-1 to one last year to mm-hmm. win the state championship. And so the Mustangs are looking to leave 5A with back-to-back titles. But Long Beach, of course, is looking for revenge, especially since this is Long Beach's fourth straight trip to the state finals. And in the last two, they have lost to a DeSoto County team. Wow. Two years ago, they lost to Lewisburg when the Lewisburg was still in 5A. Last year, they lost to Center Hill. And so they're going to play Center Hill again. Oh, wow. Coach Hoggett will have his team ready to play when they take the pitch uh, this Saturday night. And we plan on having Coach Hoggett on our Tuesday show, win or lose, hopefully win to tell us about the experience was like and then how much this team meant to him, especially the seniors going on back-to-back trips uh, and then well, probably most of the team going on back-to-back trips and just what it's meant uh, to see the seniors graduate after this game. Yeah, you and I have learned a ton about soccer. That's not something we grew up playing, Derek, but we've learned a ton with our sons both both playing over the last uh, you know six, seven years. And, and so uh, I definitely kind of – have a feeling I like the, their coach's style. I'm a big fan of offense. I would like to see maybe a little bit more of our offense from our soccer team <laughs> for Wilson as the, the the dad of the goalie. Uh, you know, stay away from Wilson and, and go score some goals. But hey, congratulations to Center Hill. You guys are absolutely dominating. We'll be pulling hard for you guys, and you know, hopefully, bring another trophy to DeSoto County in the soccer ranks. Moving on, Derek, to baseball. It is that time. We're talking a little bit about the uh, the old stitch ball here. Uh, tell us what you got. All right, so we will be covering. Boys baseball, girls softball on the show going forward. So basketball playoffs about to start. We'll we'll kind of be thin on baseball at the beginning of the season because usually it's you know tournaments are kind of just kind of warming up with some you know different teams, uh, maybe some smaller teams for the larger schools just to kind of get warmed up. So we're not going to cover it too much until basketball is over. Uh, but once basketball is over, come March, we'll be hot and heavy uh, with the baseball and softball because uh, we know there's a ton of uh, audience for that here. Baseball and softball both huge in DeSoto County. So the state has come out with its preseason baseball rankings, uh, and we have three local teams, or relatively local teams, that are in the state rank, the top 25. Lewisburg is fifth in the state, start off. DeSoto Central, 13th in the state. And Magnolia Heights, 14th in the state. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, yeah, so Magnolia Heights, uh, this is... Be, is that just conglomerate type yeah, thing? Yeah, just not, all okay, classifications. Because okay. number one Private is Jackson school, Prep. Public school. Number one is Jackson Prep mm-hmm. in the state. I think they have five guys that have signed with Ole Miss mm-hmm. from Jackson Prep. Uh, and then again, is that Lu- a lot? I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot on one team. Yeah, it's a lot on one team. Uh, sounds like, uh, but Lewisburg is fifth, the Central thirteenth, and Magnolia Heights fourteenth. You know, currently for the local area, hoping that some more of the teams around here play their way into that top twenty-five. Wow, man! Just a, a top twenty-five baseball team uh, to start the season. That, that that's great. A testament to all these teams around here. So many good travel teams, travel clubs, and stuff, and some really really good baseball in DeSoto County. Again, we we mentioned it in December when we had a chance to interview uh, with Ed Easley about his baseball club and, and his program and, and look forward to Ed's going to sit down with us sometime in the spring uh, pretty soon uh, visit about baseball talk a little bit more about his career but then also go ahead and start helping us maybe uh, talk a little bit more uh, under the water tower when it comes to baseball maybe we maybe that's something he might do with us monthly or quarterly to keep us up to speed on baseball and those type things so just congratulations to all these young people we've talked about congratulations to the ones we're about to talk about Derek let's talk about the round ball turning to basketball this is the last week, basically, of the regular season. All the playoffs, or actually not playoffs, all the district tournaments will start next week, and then those will be followed by the playoffs uh, the weeks after that. But So, again, this is the last regular season, the last week of regular season. Some teams will play on Tuesday and Friday. Uh, some will play just one time this week, so you won't hear as many scores. Uh, we actually had one that played on Monday, uh, which we'll get to on the boys' side, and also North Point played both Tuesday and Thursday. So we'll have a couple scores from them. But anyway, we'll start with the under the water tower, as we always try to do on the girls' side. Hernando played Horn Lake uh, on Tuesday. Hernando 52, Horn Lake 46. Now remember, they played last Friday also. Uh, That score was 52-36. 
So, so uh, got a little better, yeah. Yeah, Hernando scored the exact same, and, and Horn Lake did play better. However, Hernando still won. Uh, Hernando girls are now on a 12-game winning streak, not led by Abby this time. Uh-oh. Uh, Victoria Walton had 18 points. Uh, Andrea Manning had 16 points. Abby Harrison had 11 points. Their final game will be tonight against Lewisburg. Hernando girls are now 20-4, and 6-0 in district. Next, Lewisburg played Lake Cormorant. Lewisburg, 39. Lake Cormorant girls, so close, 35. Oh, wow. I so told 30, you. Yeah, you got, I told you. Still I told lost. you. They still, still lost, still but, lost. hey, they, they hung around. It was uh, – so, Lewisburg now, they're 12-15, and 0-5. and 5. Lake Cormorant now, 3-17, and 0-6. And but – Not a district game, so they – Not a district game. Yes. Uh, again, Lewisburg will play Hernando tonight. And, remember, everybody's record's 0-0 starting Monday. Yeah. Uh, we, we we have recently found out. Yes. Uh, did not know the uh, – does not matter what your regular season record was. Does not matter – it does matter. I, I shouldn't say that. It does matter what your regular season was. It might not matter, though, for district tournaments because you could you know still be an 0-6 team, but you go in there and win your district tournament or maybe even come in the, the make the championship game, and you still have a shot to make the playoffs. So, again, it's everybody's 0-0 starting Monday, uh, but a, like a Hernando team that's 6-0, I, I feel pretty good about their, their shot in the uh, – district tournament well, i mean you like their seating in the district tournament which yep. helps anytime but yeah i agree with you you and i found that out and i was i was a little bit shocked i was like man you could win 25 games and still have a bad tournament or yep. something you know that's right uh next olive branch uh olive branch played center hill olive branch 85 center hill 48 and of course olive branch number one team in the, in the state uh, amaya black uh led the lady conquistadors with 24 points Brian eason had 21 addison powell had 18 and rama piggies had 15 for Center Hill, Jariah Rankins had 13, Kylie Prentice had 10, and Hope Mueller had 9. Olive Branch uh, is now 17-1, 5-1 in district. Center Hill is uh, now 11-17, 3-3 in district. And finally on Tuesday, uh, North Point played Lausanne. That was a district game. Uh, North Point won 51-22. The Lady Trojans remain undefeated in district play. Uh, they were led by Briley Faith Cherry with 14 points, Izzy Carlson with 13 points, and Leah Jones with 11 points. North Point is now 12-3, and 7-0 and in district. 7-0, uh, and, and again, we'll get to them. They had a Thursday night game, which we'll mention in just a moment. Uh, on to the boys' side. Uh, there was one boys' Monday night game. Lewisburg went out of district and also had somebody come in from out of state. Uh, St. Benedict came down to Lewisburg for – this was their senior night. Uh, so the senior night for the Patriots, tough loss by them, 88-82 in double overtime. That's a lot of points. Uh, to St. Benedict. The Lewisburg Patriots were led by Logan Coker with 27 points, Max Zisman with 24 points, and Eli Lamb with 24 points. Uh, Lewisburg is now 12-12, and 12, so 500 on the year, 2-3 and three in district. Uh, and then now moving to uh, Tuesday night. The rest of these will be Tuesday night. Lewisburg, 48. Lake Cormorant, 64. So Lake Cormorant does come in the boy on the boys' side and win. Lewisburg will play Hernando tonight. Uh, Lewisburg is now 12 and 13, 2 and 3 in district. Lake Cormorant now 14 and 7, 3 and 3 in district. And know, you know, they've got a shot to make the playoffs. We already know Center Hill should make it. Uh, and now hopefully Lake Cormorant with a 3 and 3 district record uh, and also hosting the tournament next week. Sure. They have a, they have a shot. Now, Center Hill played Olive Branch. Remember, this is a huge game. Not not no no longer a district game, but Center Hill and it will be next year. Center Hill 74, Olive Branch 70. So, great rivalry. Uh, Center Hill not on a 12-game winning streak. Now, Matt, there was a little history here. Uh, I had to did, read this. I was not aware. I, I did remember Olive Branch winning it a couple years ago. I did. We do know that uh, Center Hill won it two years ago. But what I did not realize was that when, Hernand, when Olive Branch won it back in 2018, they had to beat Center Hill to get there. All right, so Center Hill was their main opposition, basically, to win that state t- title. But then in the next year, 2019, Center Hill got revenge by not only beating Olive Branch in the district finals that year, also in the state finals. Wow. Because the state finals is a, is a, you know, they go down there as the top four teams and they basically play right. each other. And so they beat them in the state finals. So, uh, again, this uh, used to be a huge rivalry in 5A, about to be the same thing again next year when they're both back in, in 6A. Uh, Center Hill led by Zandon Harrelson with 25 points, Caden Laws with 17, Tanner Bertram with 16, and Calvin Dockery with 11. And they'll play South Haven tonight for their final regular season game. And for Olive Branch, they were led by Jalen Tyler with 15, Landon Jeffries with 14, Terry Joyner with 14, and Tyree Singleton with 11. Center Hill is now 19 and 8, 6 and 0 in district. Olive Branch 10 and 11, 4 and 2 in district. And then finally for our Tuesday night games, North Point 59, 
Lausanne, 57. Great, great game. North Point was actually down six points going into the fourth quarter, outscored the Lynx by eight in the final frame to win it in regular time. This avenged a two-point loss earlier at Lausanne this year. Uh, North Point was led by Christian Gilliland with 17 points, Darius Naylor with 15, and then Jeremiah Chapman with 10. North Point boys are now 10-7, and 3-3 in district. And then also, finally, North Point played last night, played NBA. This is not a district game. This was kind of a – they do play a district game tonight. They play a, a NBA, which is Memphis Business Academy. Uh, it's a, it's a uh, charter school. The boys won 57-43. to uh, so the boys win 57-43. Kishan Gillian had 24 points, Mitchell Wright with 12 points, and Darius Naylor with 11 points. And the girls uh, also played uh, NBA, and the girls were also able to win 67-28, to led by Briley Faith Cherry with 18 points, Leah Jones with 13 points, Bethany Wright with 12 points. So again, a packed week, the final week of the regular season, a lot of scores to cover, of course. Basically, everybody plays tonight for the last game of the regular season and look forward to start covering play, uh, district tournaments next week. Well, yeah. so, so I predicted an, uh, an undefeated district record for the Lady Trojans, and I guessed right. That's correct. They are done with district. They'll play tonight uh, and, and you know hopefully have success tonight. Uh, but at the same time, from a district standpoint, point, they are done. Derek, say it every Tuesday and Friday. Kids, be thankful you're playing basketball. Be, be thankful you're playing sports, soccer, baseball starting, You know all those different things. Uh, just congratulations to you guys for – having an opportunity to play your last you know sophomore junior and certainly senior year thank you to Corey Usselton for continuing to push the district in the um you know we're going to be open method we're going to be open uh attitude and and thank you these these kids definitely don't even realize what they had having the opportunity to pay 20 25 30 games of uh you know senior year basketball that type stuff so congratulations to them congratulations to all the kids we've talked about over the last 15 20 minutes if you enjoy what you hear each and every week find us on facebook at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Facebook. On Instagram, at UTW Podcast. On Twitter, at UTW Pod. So that's UTW Pod on Twitter and UTW Podcast on Instagram. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure and share it with friends and family. Be sure and share it with maybe coaches or athletic directors or even principals of some of the schools we talked about today. Uh, that certainly helps us uh, grow our subscribers and grow our listeners uh, throughout DeSoto County, uh, which helps us with our advertisers. So we certainly appreciate that. But most importantly, please hit subscribe wherever you listen to our voice, wherever you listen to our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere like that. Please hit subscribe so we can continue to grow and continue to show our advertisers the growth that we have with the UTW podcast. As we started to do last uh, Friday, Derek, I want to encourage everyone who has uh, been attending church services uh, to go out to your church. Uh, attend that this Sunday morning. Derek and I are lucky enough. Uh, Hernando United Methodist Church uh, is making the effort, as I keep saying, minimize the risk and, and mas- maximize uh, Jesus. That's what they're doing. And so we want to encourage uh, listeners to to go out and, and try and go to in-person church if you can, if your church is meeting. Uh, be safe, of course, but certainly uh, want to welcome people back into that, uh, something we were told to stay away for the longest time. And, and now now churches are working really hard. Their staffs are working really hard to make things safe and, and, and welcome. So we want to encourage our listeners to do that uh, each and every Sunday throughout the spring, of course. Derek, anything else? Uh, yeah, it's just a reminder, if uh, anybody knows Chris Tong, uh, running for Alderman, please reach out to us, again, under the water tower info at gmail.com uh, or uh, any other way. They can they can find us at UTW Podcast on Facebook. Also reach out to us there. Really would like to get him on. Uh, tried to have this interview so we can post it on next Wednesday for our special episode. Absolutely. And all other Alderman candidates or candidates in the city of Fernando, reach out to us at under the water tower info at gmail.com. Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty little girl